Alrighty, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Middle Line Ice Softball Podcast. We sit here and get ready to recap a interesting 2-0 final score that favored Metamora defeating Canton this afternoon in what turned into a bit of a pitcher's duel. Both teams were certainly getting base runners on, just couldn't end up translating that to runs. And I I think, at least in part, you credit that uh, to the pitchers, in this case, Nora Johnson uh, for Metamora and Riley Watson for Canton. Um, but it, like I said, it was it was an interesting ball game. It looked uh, like Nora was potentially headed for another no-hitter. She had Zippo uh, through the third inning, the only base runner uh, being Lexi Shaw reaching on an E7 in the top of the third. Uh, but then Canton did break that through with a single uh, from Jenna Goforth to lead off that inning. But, I mean, even then, uh, it wasn't until the seventh inning uh, that Nora allowed another hit. Uh, Canton made some noise in the seventh. Alyssa Turner, Alyssa Turner Rachel Perry both had hits. Uh, but in the end, I think Nora's stuff was working just as good as it ever has, regardless of the final hit total. Uh, ended up with what we believe is a high school career-high 15 strikeouts. I know she's thrown some perfect games and no-hitters at the junior high level, so I'm sure there are higher numbers from her time at Germantown, but at least her time as a Redbird, uh, a high school career-high there uh, for Nora. Uh, let's see here. Any uh, looks like almost all one, two, three, four. So looks like 11 swinging and four looking for Nora, uh, part of that 15 strikeout day. And kind of like I mentioned, you know, the Redbirds are putting bat on ball, uh, just not able to get runs across at least early on, stranded one, at least one base runner in every inning. Um, the hitting, though, uh, through the first three innings, Caden still had a couple hits. Bree Bessert and Nora Johnson both had hits. Um, out of the box was called twice tonight, um, a call that I'm not saying shouldn't be harped on, but seemed a little more heavily called than it normally is. Um, but Jaden Walters lit off the game with the out-of-the-box call for uh, Canton, and then Lauren Riddle got one called on her in the bottom of the third, so a bit of an interesting situation there. Um, probably the biggest inning for Metamora, not just by virtue of the two runs uh, finally going up on the board, uh, but was the bottom of the fifth inning kind of sensed that urgency of is this going to be the chance that we finally have to put runs up on the board. Uh, Sidney Tretman let off the inning with a single, and I've already said this a couple times on the podcast, fortune favors the leadoff base runner. Uh, and Metamora did that in the fifth, a Sidney Tretman single, a Lauren Riddle single, a Kennedy Knee single that had the bases loaded, Caden Still lined out. Uh, Katie Ramage had a two-run double that ended up being the game winner. Uh, Kerrigan Hartnett, Bree Bessert both uh, got out, but those two, like I said, had one-hit games, so they weren't that bad either. Um, Metamore did get one base runner um, in the bottom of the sixth. Nora Johnson reached on an E4. Uh, Maddie Mooney had a sacrifice punt that nearly worked, um, and by that I mean it almost ended up being an infield single as well. Uh, but nonetheless, still moved Nora into running position. Unfortunately, Redbirds couldn't uh, get a third run pushed across. And like I said, that's when Canton made things interesting with the Turter and Perry singles um, in the top of the seventh before Watson flew out. And then Tori Birch came in to pinch hit her and Lexi Shaw were strikeouts 14 and 15 uh, to end the ball game. One play I still haven't gotten to yet, uh, but was a Jaden Walters leaping catch uh, on a fly ball 
I believe it was the one from Sidney Trumpman. Um, I believe so. Um, it was earlier in the game, but a game-changing catch that was effectively a perfectly placed flying ball that had that gotten over Jaden's head, and I'll address this with Coach Bundy here in just a little bit, had that gotten over her head, you're talking a totally different ball game. Maybe it's 2 nothing earlier. Maybe Metamore has a bit more confidence instilled in them, get rolling a little earlier. Um, but the, she ends up making the catch, um, and... I, well, yeah, getting out of the inning because Meadowbrook didn't score until the fifth. Uh, so good defensive play by her. Speaking of Coach Bundy, here she is, our post-game interview with Canton head coach Anna Bundy. Well, I, I think let's start with this. Up until that late two-run inning for Metamora, you were going pound for pound with and Tell you how what impresses you seeing that kind of effort out of your girls. Um, just just to, to stay in it and not be afraid, not feel beat, not be intimidated, and just go out and play. What what do you think is the difference, though? Do you just say, hey, you know, obviously a loss ends up in the loss column, no, but to, to still instill that confidence that, hey, outside of those two innings, you know, you were effectively not maybe winning that game, but you were right with them. You know what, just, I, I just told them, you know, just keep doing these little things, keep, you know, enjoying the game, having fun, competing, believing in yourself and the people next to you, and eventually that score will look different on that scoreboard. How big was that catch from Jaden early? Because you think about that, that gets overhead. It may be yeah. 2 nothing early. They may get the confidence, start, you know, kind of rumbling from there. Kind of talk about how different that kind of changed the trajectory of the game. Oh, that was huge. Our outfield did a heck of a job today. Um, you know, just Jaden just jumping up and grabbing that. I think, you know, just kept our momentum, kept us in it. Um, you know, Lexi Shaw had an awesome catch out there and left, um, you know, off of a, a great hit by Till. So, you know, just that outfield, they all worked today. And, definitely plays like that is what I think gave us the, gave us the momentum kept us in it you got the off day tomorrow just like everybody else in the conference what's kind of the goal you want to accomplish on that off day you know what just keep working and and you know get some swings play a little catch you know just working on some little things that we need here and there and you know just keep ready to go for the next day probably rest after playing games on back-to-back days too right a little rest yeah a little rest all right coach thank you so much for the time Obviously a really well-played game by hand. You don't really want to get so caught up um, in the loss, but I, I think they got to have a lot to uh, be pleased with considering how for how long they held up against Metamora um, because I, I think one of the aspects I've talked about on broadcast is just how much of a firepower those bats can provide. So I think it says a lot about Can that they held Metamora to two runs um, and something that they can definitely um, take with them going forward. Um, as to how Metamora went, uh, talked about the double from Katie, uh, Nora holding it down on the circle, multiple different aspects we could talk about. Um, that being said, it's our post-game interview with Metamora head coach Derek Linder, who with the win today, by the way, his 351st career win. So here's our post-game conversation with him after W number 351. Well, I'm, I'm going to start with the same thing I started with Coach Bundy. You, you, you take out that late two-run surge. They were going pound for pound with you. Kind of talk about what the difference was in that first big chunk of the game. Uh, they're fundamentally really solid. They played a good game, and, and Watson girl uh, did a nice job moving the ball around and throwing the change up in there too, so you got to give them the credit for what they did. What was the difference when the bats did finally start to click? Because obviously early on, maybe you'd get the base runners, they'd be stranded every now and again, nothing too extreme. But what was the difference for things to finally click there late? Well, if you're gonna if you're gonna hit Cadence two and, and Katie three to try and get him more at bats, 
um, during the year, then that means that you're going to have to have your eight and nine hitters get on. And that's what's happened is our eight and nine hitters got on. Sid started and, um, you know, we we did a nice job of, of getting them on and keeping them on. And then, you know, when Cadence comes up and you can't have any place to put her, uh, she just hit that ball so hard that you couldn't do anything. You couldn't move up. It was, you know, if it would have been up in the air, we could have tagged and got back by the by the time it got to her glove. We we just realized even what, what was going on. So, you know, I'm sorry about that. that she didn't get an RBI um, sack there, but uh, Katie came up and, and did a nice job of attacking the ball and keeping her hands up and, and took the ball to the opposite field, which those are the good hitters, you know, that make the adjustments. And, you know, it was nice to see our good hitter got up there and made the adjustment. I thought one situation in the game that was really interesting was when th- I think it was an early inning. I can't remember the exact one, but where I think Nora might have had the bases loaded or two on, nonetheless, um, didn't didn't go out for the visit. Was that part of two outs and still in confidence or knowing that hey, we're in a two out situation, things are going to have to get a lot worse before I step out of the dugout? Kind of talk about uh, instilling confidence in her, knowing that you stayed put in the dugout and didn't maybe cause that, or that situation. Just kind of take me through that. I've coached for almost 30 years now and I still don't know the magic words to all of a sudden get an out you know and I don't have a magic wand in my pocket so there's nothing good that I can do going out there you know but she's she's gotten to that point that she knows the game and she knows what she's doing you know more I think any time is is to send Jody out there to uh, to make sure that they get the pitch call that they want that she wants to throw um, I'm not going to go out there unless it's to set a defense and then with her right now she's been with me two years now and uh she knows what i want and i know what she wants and and um you know there's no thought of going out there let's talk about jody real briefly because you had the two two back-to-back no hitters you have a shutout in this game obviously a pitching coach is extremely instrumental in getting those type of final scores can i talk about what she's meant to you in this position over these last couple games well, she knows how to call a game. She does a great job of calling a game. I liked, uh, love that she went up with the rise balls early in the game, and she came back with that change up on Nora, and she used the change up really well. You know, but it, you know they're they're different. You know, Sid has her pitching coach, Nora has her pitching coach, and the biggest deal is you know that Jody's just she she knows the game and she knows how to get along with them and do what what they want them to do, and so you know that's the beauty of having her that she could just handle that and uh, work out those kinks. You head over to Pekin on Thursday, a team that that was a game last year where you guys were in control, but they made that late surge to kind of maybe raise the stress levels. Is that is how things kind of went last year? Any part of the message at all? Or are you just more focused on what you need to do to get the win regardless? More than the win here, but the problem is that Pekin's a really, really good team. You know, they got four kids that are going on to play college ball, and um, – you know, they, they can beat anybody, and they just got to get it put together. And, and uh, they did that a couple of years ago in the regional, in the regional, you know, in 4A. They've got that same type of team, if not a better team this year. All right, Coach, thank you so much for the time. And we wrap up with our quote-unquote out-of-town part of the podcast, at least especially that's how you should probably phrase uh, this segment um, when the episode pertains to a Metamora game. Uh, And boy, do we have an interesting uh, out-of-town scoreboard to talk about. We're going to start, though, uh, with Pekin at Morton. Uh, The Dragons uh, throwing the shutout, Brogan Hall, a two-hitter, 
the hits, though. Campbell with two, Bailey with two, Gunther with two, Irby with two, Davis with two. Uh, so obviously they had that rolling uh, pretty well. Uh, RBI, uh, Irby with two, Campbell, Perry, Gunther, Freilich all with one. Uh, Irby and Perry both drew walks. Uh, they actually scored all their four runs within the first four innings. One run each in the first, second, and third. Their big inning was the top of the fourth uh, when they scored three. Uh, that came on a Campbell RBI double um, a and a two-run double from Irby uh, that eventually would set the 6 nothing final score. Uh, mentioned Brogan Hall in the circle for Pekin. Her final line, seven innings, two hits, no earned runs, one walk, and five strikeouts. For the Potters, Carpenter uh, takes the loss. Three innings, eight hits, five earned runs, one walk, and no strikeouts. Ganshaw, four innings, four hits, one run, or one earned run, one walk, and three strikeouts. Um, so Metamora will play host to Pekin on Thursday. That will be our next postgame episode. Um, that we will discuss uh, come Thursday. Uh, Washington Limestone, as we record this, might still be underway. Yeah, they're not even close to being done. Uh, they're still in the middle of the fifth inning. So as we record this, Washington holding on to a slim 2-1 lead um, over Limestone. In fact, Limestone led up until the fourth inning. Washington just scored their two runs. Um, in the bottom of the fourth inning on a Brooklyn Ogden RBI double and Ellie Redling Schaefer uh, reaching on an error that scored Lauren Campomanis. So um, the early limestone run uh, coming on a Matty O'Neill RBI single. So that game is far from over yet. Uh, I could see that one going either way. Um, and then we already talked about Metamora Canton. One thing I do want to make sure I get to, didn't quite get to the Canton statistics. I'm going to try and do a little bit better job of that. Um, for the Metamora-involved games going forward. Um, hits for Canton, Goforth, Turner, Perry. Uh, the No RBI, of course, and Turner drew a walk. Uh, pitching line for Riley Watson, taking the loss. Six innings, nine hits, one earned run, no walks, and two strikeouts. So I wanted to make sure I got that, at least Riley Watson stat line in there uh, from the game. Okay. Now we have probably one of the more confusing results of the night, and I mean that with all due respect to both teams. Uh, East Peoria at Dunlap, uh, a kind of a prove-it game for Dunlap going in. They had it tied after three, uh, tied after four at two. Um, kind of the story through those first four innings for Dunlap was they put themselves in so many different situations to win, they just could not turn that into runs for the life of them. Uh, just, I guess, really struggling on the final out or something. But, I mean, they were gr getting great opportunities, so you got to give them a lot of credit for that, um, really holding things down there. Then the fifth inning happened. Uh, East Peoria scored 11 runs in the top of the fifth inning. It was just an unreal pouring it on um, uh, lesson there. Uh, sweat single, Luna single, Lane single. Ravallo reaching on a drop third strike that scored Luna. Terry hit by a pitch. Brown RBI single. Strawn RBI single. Uh, Gore RBI walk. Uh, Krotz RBI single. Sweat fielder's choice. Strawn and Gore both score. Luna RBI single. Not even close yet. <laughs> Lane walk. Ravallo walk. Terry reached on an error. And that finally... 
um, was the end of the runs. But bear in mind, at that point, East Peoria still did not have any outs. They had put all 11 of those runs without one out going up on the board. Dunlap did eventually stop the bleeding line outfielder's choice ground out, uh, ended the inning. But boy, that you know, when you look at that, they had already had a very impressive 11 run output for that inning, and it could have gotten a lot worse. Um, so I, I think, unfortunately, my only takeaway from this is, um, you know, maybe a question mark um, on the games that Dunlap had played to this point. Um, I did have a lot of good things to say about them entering today, but kind of like I said, today was um, a bit of a put-up-or-shut-up game just kind of in terms of determining legitimately how good Dunlap is because obviously they've had an awesome start and still kind of have when you think about it. 7-3 and three isn't a bad overall record through 10 games by any stretch, um, but I think there's a little more question marks after a game like today, um, especially with East Peoria's limited personnel. Um, but I think Dunlap should be able to rebound all right, but again, a couple questions. Question marks uh, come out of this ball game. Um, box score. Looking through that, uh, East Peoria uh, Sweat with two hits, Luna with four, Lane Ravallo and Terry all with one, Brown with two, Strawn with one, and Kratz with one. Uh, RBI Luna with two, Terry with two, Sweat, Ravallo, Brown, Strawn, Gore, and Kratz. All with one each. Lane, Ravallo, Sassman, and Gore uh, all drew one walk. Luna and Terry also hit home runs, by the way. Meadow in the circle gets the win. Five innings, five hits, two earned runs, two walks, and six strikeouts. Dunlap statistical leaders Cunningham, Hindenburg, Cruz, Drake, and Powers all get hits. RBIs come off the bat of Hindenburg and Drake. Uh, they also drew two walks, Cunningham and Cruz, with one each. Dunlap did go through three pitchers in the loss. Kennedy Cleeton is the pitcher of record. Four innings, nine hits, five earned runs, one walk, and five strikeouts. Milholland, let's see here, faced nine batters, uh, four hits, seven earned runs, three walks, and no strikeouts. Kennedy Atkinson shut the door. Um, theoretically saying uh, one inning, no hits, no earned runs, no walks, and no strikeouts. So, that being said, uh, after the results today, let's break it down. So, East Peoria won. So, they're staying atop the conference at 11-2, and 3-0. and uh, Metamore right behind them, 10-2, and 3-0. Dunlap falls to 2-1, and one, but let's see. Washington and Limestone should still be going on. It's refreshing for me. Still got 2-1 in the fifth, so we'll see uh, maybe if that game's... It says it's done. So, I don't know. We'll see here. Um, but last we knew, uh, Washington was winning 2 to 1. So the Washington Limestone score is a little complicated. I know that Washington won. Uh we do not know um the score. Their scoreboard is not clear in view. Um but let's see here. That would have Dunlap would still stay um in third. Dunlap 7 and 3, 2 and 1. Uh, Washington would come in next. 
Uh, Washington would be five and three, two and one. Um, then let's see here. It'd be Canton. Canton would come in next at six and three, two and two. Then after that, you would get Pekin. Pekin would be four and two, one and two. After that would be Morton, who's one and five, zero oh and three. And then Limestone rounds it out, three and five, zero oh and four. So let's get that through one more time, a little more clearly now that we at least know uh, who's won all the games today. Uh, East Peoria eleven and two, three and zero. Oh. Metamora ten and two, three and zero. Oh. Dunlap seven and three, two and one. Washington five and three, two and one. Canton six and three, two and two. Pekin four and two, one and two. Morton one and five, zero oh and three. Limestone three and five, zero oh and four. So that kind of turns the page to Thursday. Um, no Middle Illini teams play tomorrow. I'm going to go up and see Lamont play Manuka. Um, in what should be an interesting ball game. Um, but our next post-game podcast episode will be after the Metamora Pekin game on Thursday. Metamora is at Pekin uh, for a 4:30 first pitch. That could be an intriguing ball game. We'll see how that pans out. Metamora was in control last year, like I said in my interview with Coach Linder, uh, but Pekin made a late charge to make it interesting before Metamora did secure the win. Uh, so I'll be interested to see how that game turns out. That will be the next time we greet you. Uh, once again, your winners tonight, East Peoria over Dunlap, Washington over Limestone, Pekin over Morton. Uh, for the conference standings one more time, East Peoria and Metamora at 3-0, and Dunlap and Washington are 2-1, and Canton is 2-2, two two. Pekin is 1-3, Morton is 0-3, oh Pekin is 1-2 rather, Morton is 0-3, oh Limestone is 0-4. So I want to thank everyone for tuning in. This has been another presentation of the Middle Line Softball Podcast. <laughs>